are listening to Focus on the Bible. I saw a sign as I rode by a church one day. Right there on the church marquee, the message was this. The devil believes, and he's in hell. Oh boy, how many times have I gone by a church and seen a sign and thought, boy, they could have really used a good old Bible verse in replace of a cute little saying conjured by man to teach something actually that is false. Let's talk about this. That sign in front of that church that said the devil believes and he's in hell obviously is an attempt to connect us to James chapter 2. And this idea that the devil believes and he's in hell supposedly, but incorrectly, is supposed to tell us that James the Apostle thought that salvation into eternal life is not by faith alone in Jesus Christ that there must be works present in order to be saved. In James chapter 2, the devil is actually not mentioned, but demons are, and it is said of them that the demons believe and tremble. But now let's take this church sign and break it down. I want to show you how the idea of James chapter 2 today is not at all about casting people away from salvation because they don't have satisfactory work. James the Apostle is not contradicting salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. He's not even writing about that. He's not writing to tell unsaved people how to be saved. Rather, the letter of James is written to saved people, and James is trying to get them out of a negative judgment before God because they're believers who are not serving the Lord. Let's talk about that sign, and then we'll go into James chapter 2. First of all, the devil is not in hell. The sign that said the devil believes and he's in hell is flawed in its very foundation. The devil's not in hell. He's going to be in hell one day, but he's not there now. Far from it. Where is he? He's here. He's the prince of the power of the air. He is the accuser of the brethren. He's loose and not in hell. Furthermore, the fact that the devil believes has nothing to do with any salvation ever offered to the devil by God. There's not any. God has never offered salvation to Satan or any fallen angel, not by believing or by any other means. This verse in James chapter 2 is not at all referring to salvation that the devil could have had if only he had done work. Far from it. Number three, the context of James chapter 2 is not at all about how to be saved into eternal life. It's judgment for saved people who are not serving the Lord like they should. Let's see how the Bible shows us what the context of James 2 is. Well, these people are believers. They have faith. And that's so easy to find. James chapter 1, in the second verse in this letter, James wrote, my brethren, 
count it all joy. So these people are brothers to James. They are believers who are in the family of God. They share the same father as James the apostle. My brethren, he says. In verse 3, he says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So they have faith, and that faith is on trial. And as they are on trial, their faith will be made stronger and patience will be developed. Over in chapter 1, verse 19, James writes, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. So again, he calls them brothers, beloved brothers. Further, in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. So again, he calls them my brothers, and again, he attributes to them that they have faith. They're just told how to appropriate their faith. And that they should not have faith in Christ while looking at one group of people in a different way than another group of people based on how much riches they have. So you see, this book is written out of concern from James the Apostle to believers in Jesus who were having some struggles in their Christian lives. The problem that James has with these believers is that their work is lacking. Now, they have some other problems too, don't they? We know that he's afraid that they're double-minded believers, that they sort of have one foot into living life with the Lord, and they have another foot in the world, that they're double-minded. He says, unstable in all their ways. And he says that an unstable man shouldn't expect that he'll get anything from the Lord. Is that good? That is just solid teaching for believers. And don't you know believers? Maybe you are one who are having some trouble being single-minded in this world, in this life for the Lord. In fact, couldn't we just admit that's a very common problem in our churches, that people are often worldly-minded? Does that mean necessarily that they are not saved or never have been saved? Of course not. This is, in fact, why we have Bibles to study. It's why we have pastors and teachers in the churches that forever are reminding us of the truth of Scripture and the necessity that we walk with God and that we walk by faith. So they're struggling, and James knows it, and so he writes this letter. It's a, it's a rebuke letter to them. When they have their Bible studies, apparently there are some rich men who sometimes come in, and they're given better seats on the front row. But James says to them in verse 3 of chapter 2 that when a poor man comes in who doesn't have brightly colored clothes and no gold, that they're told to stand in the back or sit at the feet of those believers. Is that right? No, that's respecting people according to their outward appearance, which God doesn't do, and believers shouldn't do it either. So these believers are having problems, and their service for the Lord is at fault. And James knows it. And James knows that there's a consequence coming for these believers who have faith, but their work is lacking for the Lord. Do you know what that consequence is? 
It's never ever to say, well, you've lost your salvation. And it's never ever correct to say, well, because your works are lacking, it means you never have been saved. Because salvation for us has never been offered by a combination of faith in Jesus plus our work. If it were, what are we really saying? Whatever work we think that people would need to do to get eternal life would be how much Jesus Christ failed to deliver us from our sin debt when he died on the cross. But what did Jesus say? It is finished. Thank God. Our salvation is settled, friend, when we believe in Jesus Christ. When we trust in his sufficiency that he is the one who paid our death penalty for our sin. And he rose from the dead to prove that, didn't he? When we rest our faith in him, we are saved by grace through that faith in Jesus Christ. Now let me put in a disclaimer here. The disclaimer is this, please don't think that I am somehow against work or I think that work is not an issue at all or a big issue, and that's so far and so unfair to think or say about me and my position. And so many people who agree with me that salvation is by grace alone, and it's only by believing in Jesus Christ and not by works. But our position is this, work is important for a believer. We have been given the responsibility to work. We've been given commands to work. We've been given the equipment to work. And Paul the Apostle wrote in Ephesians 2, in verse number 10, that we have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that we should do them because God has planned them for us to do. And work is so important to the Lord that he promises us over and over again that those who are saved by faith are going to be judged in their Christian lives as they serve the Lord or fail in that service. We're coming to an event for believers called the Judgment Seat of Christ. At that judgment will only be believers who are saved by grace and their works will be in view to see if they get a reward or not. And there will be some, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 15, who suffer loss of reward. Never loss of salvation, but loss of reward. And this is the kind of consequence that James is fearing for these believers who have faith, but their works look pretty slim to James. So he's trying to offer them a salvation from a negative view of God as he examines their works. Now for us, we know that we look forward to the judgment seat of Christ. But friend, I want to tell you, I doubt seriously that James even knew about the judgment seat of Christ. He was so young in his faith. Remember, he's the half-brother of Jesus. He didn't believe in Jesus for a long, long time. But in the end, he did, and, and he was able to write the apostle of James. But make no mistake, James is no theological giant. He's a young believer here. He writes this letter under inspiration of God. He's not a theological giant. This is not a mountain of a book hard to understand. No, it's a very simple book. He essentially says, you have faith, therefore serve the Lord. And if you don't, then there's going to be a consequence of a negative judgment that comes to you. 
That's the message of James in a nutshell. Well, are we certain that the issue here is that James is afraid that believers will get a negative view because of their works? Yeah, it's very easy to see in James chapter 2, and look at verse number 12 and 13. James writes to these believers, So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. The law of liberty simply means the Word of God, the Scriptures. We believers are going to be examined by the Lord to see if we are living according to the Scriptures. To see if we are eternally saved? No, that's by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. But this is to see if we will be rewarded by the Lord or that we might suffer loss of reward. Verse 13 is the idea of judgment again. James says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And so James is afraid in verse 12 and verse 13 that these believers are falling short in their works and they're going to be negatively judged by the Lord for their coming short in their works. Now, verse 14 is this very controversial verse, but I think in the context, you'll see now how it's to be understood. He says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Well, there are two questions. Question number one is, what does it profit if someone has faith but they don't have works? You know the answer to that, don't you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, of course, there's profit for the one who believes. He has eternal life because of his faith. But the question here is about what does it profit other people if this person believes? The only way that I can profit you by my faith is if I do some work that benefits you. My faith can't benefit you at all as long as it is simple faith. But I need works to be able to give you a profit in my faith. Question number two is, can faith save him? Now, we know if the question is, can faith save a person into eternal life? The answer would be yes. That's the only thing that could save a person into eternal life. But clearly, James' answer here is no. And that's because he's not referring to being saved from sin into heaven. He's referring from being saved from a negative view at the judgment seat of Christ for believers. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can mail us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, www.freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. This is Focus on the Bible. Focus on the Bible.